¿Qué pasó, cochinos en sucias? I'm that vato gallo. Welcome to another episode of Sucias Are My Favorite. Today, I have a particular topic that I have a special guest for, and that is, you've heard her before, my friend Bonita. Bonita, welcome to the show again. Hi, thanks for having me back. I'm glad to have you here. You are a font of knowledge, <laughs> and it is interesting to know that you are in similar circles as me like with kink and stuff so it is cool to be able to be able to get a female perspective from someone that's not a feminazi that at least is a feminist but rational can have a conversation not oh you're not doing this for women so you hate women yeah well thanks for that i appreciate it i i think uh being kind is definitely the way to go assuming the best of others is get people to consider your perspective even if they won't go, you know, they don't necessarily agree, but they'll consider it more when you are, you know, respectful. Yes, exactly. That's that's a, a point I, I try to bring or make is especially with like the, all the political stuff going on and it's uh, polarizing people more. Instead, people should at least have the idea to come together, not to have a common ground, just to like, okay, hey, you have a good idea on some of this. I have a good idea on some of that. Maybe we can work on something better. The reason that this podcast is coming to fruition is that Bonita sent me a link to a article posted by a member on FetLife. Now, FetLife, the short version is that it's a kinky Facebook, but it wasn't like that uh, like 10 years ago where it was more of, um, it was just showing off kink, the kinky side of someone. It wasn't so much Facebook as it is now where it's more political. Have you seen, noticed a difference in the past few years? Yeah, for sure. There's a lot of op opinion pieces about things that have nothing to do with kink. Then there's a lot of like OnlyFans models too on there. Oh yeah, I hadn't even thought. Of, so I have yeah, I haven't been on Fate, sorry. I haven't been on FetLife in years, not since it started going downhill in my opinion. And that's been for about seven years now, but it's just not as informative and it, to me it used to be more like a kinky reddit where you're going there to learn something get information and now it's more of showing off who has the best friends who it's like high school again mm -hmm. for the popular kids or the people that were unpopular in high school but are now popular and trying to hold it with an iron grip bonita sent me this link to an article and it's kind of long and i'm debating should we read it for everybody to know or because i mean they'd have to be a member to see it or should we just do kind of like an outline gist of everything? Because it's it's long. Yeah, I think an outline gist because it, it, it'll probably take 20 minutes to read it. It's titled, Dear, quote, not all men, end quote, men. So basically, dear, not all men, men. And it's about a guy or male, presumably a male, that uh, has been working on this piece for several weeks, essentially hearing both sides of the story and based off of some stuff that he had seen on FetLife. He talks about his journey, so it's like a subheading, where he had his own journey where he was also guilty of saying not all men comments in reaction to uh, why women hate men, uh, why women are scared of men, about uh, potentially being raped and all these other things, and then guys, of course, coming to the defense of other guys saying not all men are like that, this, that, and the other. And then he goes off to give data, which I appreciate, and it's not just data like um, says, yeah, 81% of crimes, murder, assault, rape, robbery are committed by men. Source, and he, he uses sources. So it's not just like he's coming up with random quotes or statistics. He does um, use at least collegiate level. Oh, now my mouse is dead. Don't tell me my mouse is dead. Oh, are you kidding me? 
So various stats, statistics, and he goes on to give a whole list of other things. Uh, then some more examples of trashiness where see, things that he's seen where countless men try to justify why it's, quote, it's okay to recognize someone from FetLife and talk to them in public. Uh, a man threatened to fly to where several femmes lived. And also the author is using femmes to refer to females, but also trans and anyone that identifies as female or has feminine traits. Uh, a man threatened to fly where several femmes lived and challenged them to a fight, slapped them like the bitches they are. These are quotes from the, apparently from other FetLife users. Another subheading, real men versus men versus boys. There's a comment, essentially, wherever there's men are trash posts, there's going to be another argument that you're going to want to draw your attention to where real men don't act like that, or that's what boys do. Essentially, some males are not defending the actions. What would you say? Not assigning. Um, shifting the blame. Now he breaks it down to another subheading. Which team are you on? Team one, ignorant of why femmes hate men. Now you're not because, of course, he's giving you the information. Pick a team from the options below. Number two, informed but don't care or bitter. Don't care or are bitter. With the sub or with his own comment of, I hope you decide to turn the asshole meter down. Number three, informed but inactive. This is the most disturbing group for me. There are usually lone wolf, good guy content to not do shitty things towards femmes, but they won't confront shitty behavior. They typically show up with real men don't act like X, Y, or Z comments announce their superiority but i don't recommend mortal Kombat spine rips and he's just making kind of a little joke but essentially to uh call these men or these inact these inactive but informed men to do something about it whenever males are hateful to females or femmes and then the fourth one is the informed and active i see you i know it's hard being called a simp white knight cuck virtue sealer all these other terms uh, for defending females. And it says, you know, take care of yourself, do self-care, take breaks and recover, and all these other little things that he is trying to encourage the reader to do, especially male readers. Then another subheading, why do they do it? It's a lot of posts of males wishing femmes would stop talking about how they hate men. This makes me laugh because they're actually a simple solution. If enough men actually joined the cause instead against hatred towards femmes, it would diminish greatly. Okay, two more subheadings. Why do you get torched? bullet point in this subheading based on the stats above 50% of femmes that you've talked with have been abused by men and 50% who haven't 50% of those have had their friends or family members that have been physically emotionally or sexually assaulted and have held and supported them to cry call to action stop telling women not all men continue to educate yourself watch the movie promising young woman and just a whole list of things that you should do the rebuttals uh, another subheading, disingenuous ones. I mean, th there's just a lot to try to go through. But the gist of this, it, at least uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Juanita, or what you said. Or actually, let's hear your point of view. What do you get from all this? What is he trying to convey in this message? Well, I think he's trying to help men understand why saying not all men can really set a woman off in a negative way and why it's not well received, why it's problematic. Yeah, so he sees a problem, calls it out, and is trying to educate other males on how to address or deal with this. Where do you see the issue or the cause being, and how do you see fixing the cause? Well, I think a lot of it comes from defensiveness. So if a man hears a woman say, you know, all men do X, then 
they don't do that thing. So they're going to get defensive and they're going to say something about it. I mean, there's two parts to this. One is I wish that women wouldn't say that all men do a certain thing because I just, I personally can't stand absolutes like that. All, all or never, they always do. They never do. Cause it's pretty much, it's highly unlikely that that's accurate. And so for me personally, that always shoots off a bunch of questions like, really? At the same time, I mean, there is a point and a reason why people do that because even if it's not all men, you feel you can feel unsafe around men that you don't know. And that can feel like all men or all unknown men. So, so there's that aspect, but then the, my, on the male side, like when a man hears that, it would be nice if instead of having a knee jerk defensive reaction, they got curious about it and asked more questions. If this is like a one-on-one conversation, you know, with someone, you can't always ask questions, right? It's not appropriate. But even if you can't ask them a question, still get curious, which is what this person did from what he's saying, because, you know, when he was hearing those things, yeah, he got defensive at first, but then he got curious and he went and did some more research. And then we have this like, you know, 12 scroll dissertation of information. And in the data, there, there's some of it that bothers me from the data itself, because the sources that he uses is talking about gender and crime and who commits crime. The, uh, so it's uh, a list between violent crime and property crime and all these other stats, the age, social class, um, residences, age, race, and ethnicity. But it doesn't specify that the violent crimes, who are the victims? And in something that most people aren't aware of is that most victims of violent crimes are men. Yes, men commit most crimes, but also they're committed against other males. The data that's presented, all of the sources, because there's a lot of sources and those sources cite other sources and so on and so forth. So this turned into a longer thing than I wanted it to be. But going from other experiences and other readings that I've gone, MRA groups, men's right activism, and red pill and other things that are associated with the defense of male, like paternity issues. The largest portion of, of crime, violent crime is committed by males against males. So this, that one statistic kind of throws a red flag for me that he's being disingenuous or maybe just pulled the first thing that he can find. And it's not that all crime committed against females are violent. Their pay can be violent to a degree. And then he goes on to talk about uh, reported rapes. And of course, there's unreported rates that we don't know about. We can't get a statistic of something that we don't know, but there's a lot of presumption that more than what's being reported is actually what's have been committed. On that note, the whole idea that it's on other good men to train, correct, fix, address the issue of these men that behave like assholes or don't know how to behave or feel entitled to be able to demand sex from strangers which is, this is kind of what it kind of boils down to is that these males expect or believe that they deserve X, Y, or Z from females because whatever's going on in their life. I would go on to say that, yes, everyone as a whole, not just males, should be held accountable to address it. Females should do this too. Both male and females should address it. Now, I don't agree with telling every, saying that every man and every male should go out there and address it with males. I'm not going to go out and find other males that are acting a fool and tell them how to fix their lives. If I see it, I'll call it out. The idea that it's on me to fix all males, I think that's too much of a stretch. Oh, for sure. And I, I'm not sure if that's exactly what he means. Maybe it is. 
Um, I took it to mean in your your sphere of influence. You're hanging out with with other guys and they are, you know, doing something that you know is not cool. It's a do the right thing kind of situation. If more men were calling each other out on bullshit like that, then perhaps it would be less common. Yeah. But specifically in his calls to actions, one of them is engage with other men who are in camp one through three and invite them to join team four in real life and on social media. So on one hand, I, I can see where you're saying that it's your sphere of influence, but it's still asking me to go out and find the problem. It's saying engage with men that are in camp one, two, or three. That means I have to go and find these men. That means I would have to like, hey, ask my male friends, hey, are you like this with females? Do you act like a fool? Do you do this? Do you do that? That's still putting me, telling me to go do work. And I'm not getting paid for it, one, so I don't care. And two, and this is going to be the controversial part, I would say that this is the fault of feminists and feminism. Okay. So first, I'm going to respond to the first part and then the second part. So the first part, so what you're telling me is that you don't want to put on a cape and go be a vigilante about this. No, I don't care. Do it. Yeah. I, I don't blame you. I don't know who would. I think that that's a reach for him to even suggest that. I think to to um, encourage people to, like I said, connect with people within your sphere of influence when you see it, not even ask them like, Hey, you know? Yeah. Now that I'm, but if you hear them or you see them, then say something, Um, but don't seek it out. I don't, that's weird and awkward. And that doesn't really make for great relationships either. Plus who has time? Like you said, you're not getting paid for it. Who has time? As a male, going and confronting other males with this randomly, you run the risk of being a victim of violent crime because males, whenever you go out drinking, they're going to be inebriated and bothered and whatever. But onto the second part of my blame, to the second part, what is your response to well, that? I want to hear more. Why, why do you, what made you say that? Okay. So <clears throat> I'm not saying feminism is bad or feminists are bad. In the short-sightedness of getting stuff for females accomplished back in the 60s and 70s. There was a lot of, okay, that's also assumptions. I am going to guess that there were some angry females that wanted to stick it to the man, stick it to males. And that's where we get the whole, a lot of lobbying against or for parental rights being shifted or assigned to the mother. There's a lot of state laws in the U.S. that specifically say the mother, not the most fit parent, not the parent that's reared the child or anything along the lines of parenting and the child and the bond is just automatically to the mother for a lot of states with the exception of Nevada. We have mothers raising boys and they're not teaching them how to be men. They're not teaching them to be responsible and how to deal and, and address females because either they're in the camp where they're little kings, little princes and taken care of and raised by their mothers because they're the best little man in the world and they're not going to be like all these other men who've been mean and abusive to their mother because X, Y, or Z. So they get the world catered to them. They might not have, they might have not, excuse me, they might not be as well off as other families and kids with two parent households and get all the toys they want, but they are, uh, I can't think of the English word, apapachado mimado from their parents, from their mom, cuddled, coddled, coddled, overly coddled by their mothers and the females in their family. On the other side of that, then there's also the mothers that 
abuse and beat their boys because they're boys and they don't want them to grow up to be the men that the mothers have seen in their lives. And so in either camp, the boys are either entitled or the boys are angry at how women are and how women are treating or women have treated him in his life. So now they have to make them pay. Had feminists pushed more for better households versus empowering women to be out on their own, I think we would be, be better off as far as raising children to be better adults, better humans in life in general. And of course, we have feminisms because feminists is men's fault because they didn't know how to behave and they took things for granted as well as over, what is it? Uh, over abusing or over punishing their family members. Yes. You said a lot. I'm processing. And of course, you know, I like to write things down when you're talking. So I was writing stuff down. Um, so I see where you're coming from. I think that there's a lot there that really does make sense. The, the part, like the last things you were saying about, you know, where feminism came from. I mean, it did, it rose out of a need for better treatment of women. And obviously that, like you said, came because men were not treating women uh, as, as they should have been. So, so there's, so that came from there. And yeah, and I hear what you're saying. If part of a feminist, feminist agenda had been better households rather than just, you know, saying kick him to the curb, that things could be different. I, I think that's fair. And I think it's one of those things that we see a lot in societies where there's that pendulum swing. So it goes from one side and then it'll go all the way to another extreme before it can come back and settle more closely to the middle or kind of swing around the middle. You know, it never quite equals out, it seems like. So I don't think that at that time, you know, doing that middle ground felt like a possibility, probably for a lot of them. And I, again, I'm just guessing, but I'm going to guess that for a lot of them, the middle ground felt like the same as how they had been before. Like they're probably feeling like I just got to burn it all down, which is why they were burning their bras, I guess. Like that was part of burning it all down. Maybe. I don't know. Um, so that I, I think that's just like a natural way things happen. We see it all the time. I think it's I've heard you say this before. I don't know if it was on another podcast or what about um, single moms and how they raise their sons and there, for sure, there's something there. You know, how can a woman raise a boy to be a man when she's not a man? Like, it, there, you can't. Like, there's just no way. Like, you can steer in a direction, and then you can also find positive male role models that can have an actual influence in your son's life. And I think, because I was raised by a single mother, and I have a brother, and my brother is not like, either of those two that you described and that's not how my mom raised him because my mom is chill and realistic but there were also a you know a few male role models that he had and I'm sure that that helps some but yeah I mean there's definitely a challenge with the number of single parent households there are and that most of them are headed by women and you know boys are having a greater struggle learning 
as they grow and like developing their own version of manhood because they are not seeing it on a daily basis. Right. And this isn't to disparage single mothers. I was also raised by a single mother, though I had my father for the first few years. So I, I lived different, uh, I guess, under a different household. So it was both parents, they got divorced and my mother, my mother got remarried, still had a male role model. My, they got divorced, mother passed away and lived with my father. So then I had, so nuclear family, single mother, blended family, and then single father. So I've, I've seen four, I don't know if there's any other uh, family archetypes that you can be a part of, but seeing all those and see how they worked. Of course, I was different ages for all of those. There was always that consistency of treat women with respect, protect women. And because I was raised or believed to be raised in a traditional gender role family to where the wife takes care of the house, I take care and bring and I bring home the bacon. That, that was a gist. Now, yeah, sure, I could do stuff around the house. She can help and get a job. I'm not finite on those ideals. It doesn't mean that my girlfriend, my spouse, whoever has to stay home and take care of the, of the home. It's the just a prefer, preferred gender roles that I want to live with. Now, if she has a job, fine. My Both of my wives had jobs. They also took care of the home. I took care of other things, but we still made the household work. The only, the only failing to my first marriage was I couldn't keep it in my pants because I was a young, dumb, uh, machismo-esque male that the more notches under my belt, the more of a man I am. But then also I had this firm belief and I, of, I had to get laid once a day, every day while I'm married. And if that doesn't happen at home, I'll go find it somewhere else. So that was my own dumbass being a dumbass and not being willing to compromise. So it wasn't until after that relationship that I, my eyes opened up a little bit more and my relationship with my second wife was significantly better. We were a lot happier. Everything worked. The only downside of that is she passed away. So I know what can make a relationship work, but single parent homes can, but are not as likely to create success for either child or any child in that household as in a, a nuclear family where both parents are together. Because blended families can be an issue where one parent, the non-biological parent might feel some type of way, might have some either animosity or might not just be respected by the kid because they're not the real parent. Yeah, I think that's true. At the same time, I I feel that uh, definitely two parents together in the home is is the ideal, with the caveat that those two parents know how to be decent human beings to each other and to the rest of the world. Like we're not talking about domestic violence issues or people who are abusive. You know, there's that's its own kind of detrimental. If you stay, it's worse if you stay in that kind of situation than if you, than if you leave. I mean, it's dangerous. It's straight up dangerous. So if you can't be safe in your home, then that's no bueno. So, you know, even though there's going to be challenges when you're raising a child or children on your own, uh, at least they'll be safe, making the assumption that you're a safe parent as well. So this still does not deal with the issue of not all men. So how else can we fix it? How else can we address this? What do you have any ideas or suggestions? Because I'm just, or all I did was just kind of assign blame. Okay. This is where, this is where I think it started from, but we're not talking about how to address it. So do you have any ideas on how to address it? Uh, <laughs> how to address the, um, the reaction that, 
that men have to say not all men when someone is saying? Oh, not the not the reaction because the reaction. I mean, people are going to be online and say stupid things. I meant more. How can we get more men or males to not uh, be assholes online or in person to women specifically? Like like the, what this this issue is calling for is stop being assholes to females. I think is the gist of it. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, honestly, I think the best way is is peer influence is for the men who know better to to say something when they hear somebody, you know, call your friends out when they're acting like that. If you see it online, if you hear it anywhere else, like make it clear that that's unacceptable. And the more people who do that. And the thing is, I think there's a lot of men who feel that way, but there's, you know, not very many who are willing to say anything about it. You know, they think it's a throwaway comment or ha ha ha, that's so funny. Or the girl who's there laughs because sometimes we do that when we're uncomfortable. We don't always call it out and say it. We just laugh and try to get away as quick as we can. And for our own personal safety, you know. So if men would call each other out more, that I think that's the biggest way, the easiest, most effective way. I don't know about effective because assuming you see this. So I, so the idea I'm seeing is I see this happening at a bar or a club. So you've got alcohol involved and you're going to have pride. And most males, when they get called out, then they become confrontational. Now they want to fight. Now they have to defend their own honor. Not because that they're right, just to defend and, you know, well, I'm not like that. Or excuse me, what's, what's the, um, I can't think right now. My mind's like, half turned off where the male has to show that he's right through violence that, you know, you can't tell me what to do. And it's, so it's no longer the issue about calling out females. Now it's an issue about being called out by another male, regardless of what the male is trying to, or what the friend is trying to correct the action that the behavior, the action that the friend is trying to correct may not be seen that way or received that way by the offender because He's inebriated and now he's got to prove that he's not a pussy and he's got to beat up this, his friend or whoever this guy is because he called him out. Not because he called him out for something being wrong, just for being called out. Yeah. So when you bring up that scenario, uh, there's a few things that come up for me. One is I, I obviously I'm not a dude, so I don't totally know all this stuff, but I've been around a lot of guys and I've seen them call each other out before, even when drinking. And none of them have tried to kick the other one's ass. So there's, that's a a certain type of person who's going to react that way. Not all men, right? Right. There's not every man is going to react like he has to defend his honor because his buddy, you know, called him. Men give each other shit about stuff all the time. So now again, some things are more personal and you hit a spot and personal pride and all of that. So There's two things about that. One, is this somebody that you really want to be friends with that might kick your ass if you say something the wrong way when they've been drinking? Two, if they are somebody you really want to be friends with, then you should, you likely know well enough that you can't bring these things up when they're drinking. So don't talk about it then. Talk about it the next day when they're sober. Bring it up at a different time. You don't always have to say something in the moment. It's preferable. But if that's not the right time, 
then don't say it then wait until it's the right time. Yes, I should have, I guess, I guess I should have clarified that with your own friends, with people that you know, yes, you should tell them, pull them aside. It's like that whole, um, couples thing where, you know, defend each other in public and discuss things in private to where mm-hmm. you don't embarrass the other person. And, and that should, that should also extend to your friends because your friends, you should always, they should always know that you have their back and vice versa. So you should be able to call them out in private. But the scenario I was describing is a random stranger, because if you're going to be out in public, you're going to run into people out in a club, you're going to run people in a bar. And it's not like you're in a perfect little bubble where we are always going to be socially distanced, where it's your group. And now you're six feet away from someone else and you're not going to hear the conversation. You're going to hear conversations overlapping within a foot of you, like right next to you. You're, you're shouting over another group or speaking loudly over the music and a group to be able to do it. So if you hear this in public, which is what I'm getting at, that this guy is calling uh, the call to action from FetLife. <clears throat> and in the show notes, I'll put a link to it. You'll just have to be a member or sign up to be able to read it if you want to get more details from this. But again, going back to his point, engage with other men who are in camp one through three and invite them to join team four. Now, that sounds innocent there, but if they're in camps one, two, or three and they're out in a bar, they're more likely to act a fool because they're out in a bar, they're drinking, they're misbehaving. And so it was that situation where you're dealing with strangers. So how would you address it with a stranger if you're just seeing them at a bar, wherever, where alcohol or something in public, where it's most likely to happen that you see interactions between males and females? Yeah, well, first of all, your personal safety is more important. So, you know, there's the threat level assessment that that you should do. And if they're really drunk and you say something to them, are they going to remember it anyway? So is it really worth it to put it out there? Um, it may depend on what it's saying, what they're saying or what's involved. Like if they are actually in a woman's personal space and you are getting uncomfortable because you, you can see that this could go south and a woman could be hurt and you feel like you need to do something, that's, that's your own personal thing. Maybe you do, maybe the thing you need to do is get a bouncer, get somebody else to handle it. I don't know. Like for every person, it's going to be different. So that might be a case like where somebody else is in actual physical danger, where you may want to actually act in the moment, even with a stranger, not necessarily yourself, but getting somebody there to handle it. Um, If it's just comments and they're drunk in a bar and you don't know them, then, you know, go with your gut. If you feel like you can say something, say it. But if you don't feel like you got to be a vigilante, because again, if they've been drinking that much, they're not going to remember. But two, they don't know you. They're just going to blow you off and say you're full of shit and you don't know what you're talking about because you have no relationship. When I talk about, I know that you're bringing up this guy and what he's saying and uh, I think he's well-intentioned, but if we want, if we're going to talk about effective change, it's all about relationships in those ways. In the, when you're, when we're talking about hard stuff, a stranger tells you something, you're just going to flip them off physically or in your brain or whatever, you know, it's only from somebody that knows you. And even then, you know, Nobody likes to be corrected. So even then, sometimes your reaction is to be like, yeah, whatever. But you trust them and you know them, so you're more likely to think about it, even if you don't hear it in the moment. 
So when I say, say something, I'm only talking about people that you have any kind of influence over. Otherwise, it's probably going to be wasted words, depending on the, you know, the situation. But certainly the example of when people are drinking, it's probably pointless. Yes, I, I agree. And I brought up these ideas just because, well, mostly because I play devil's advocate for almost everything that I do, just because I like to be the jerk and put people on their, keep people on their toes. Yeah. In those situations, you got to adjust, sorry, address the situation differently because you're not going to be able to do it in every time. And with, this is me just extrapolating from this guy's posts, specifically the engage with other men who are in other camps. I've been in situations at bars where I've seen stuff like this kind of happen. And when I see it, normally what I'll do is I'll go up to the female and just kind of whisper in her ear really quickly. Hi, my name is Gallo and I can pretend to be your boyfriend or your brother, however you want to do this. You're, uh, you don't look comfortable. Like I'll just quickly, less than a sentence, whisper in her ear. And if, if the guy's like line of sight or talking to her or whatever, and I'll act like I already know her, put my arm on her shoulder in a platonic, cautious way to make her feel safe or whatever. There's been other times where a female will walk up to me in a bar and tell me, hey, can you pretend to be my boyfriend? This guy's being a creep, blah, 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 whatever. And I'm looking around and keeping an eye out for it. That has happened at least five different times at two different bars, maybe three, but I know it was two different bars where I've had females come up and say, hey, you know, this guy's being a jerk. We, we went on a date, blah, blah, blah. Can you pretend to be my boyfriend or pretend to be my ex or something? Like, yeah, sure. Whatever. Put my arm around her, give her a hug and kind of keep my arm because most of the time they're like, so I'm six feet tall. So most of the time they're kind of short because it was San Antonio and everybody's short and fat in San Antonio. So I'll put my arm on her shoulder where my, like my elbow is resting on her. So it's more of a buddy platonic sight. It's not arm around her waist or around her shoulder that's like near her neck or anything that would be misconstrued as sexual or more than platonic. So doing that lets, I guess, the other guy know that she has male friends and she's not alone. Also... I spend the night just watching for this guy to leave. And once I see him leave, then I'll let her know like, Hey, look, I just saw your guy leave. Do you want me to walk into your car? Or do you want to hang out with me and my friends till we leave? Whatever you want to do, dealer's choice. And more often than not, they want to hang out with us just to be, I guess, either safe. But there have been two times where she asked for uh, me to walk her to her car, which was fine. We walked her out there, uh, had the bouncer kind of keep an eye on us, let her know what was going on, let them know what was going on with her. And they were going to keep an eye out for that guy for future coming to the bars, but who actually pays attention to who gets banned from a bar? Yeah. I imagine that's hard to keep track of. Yeah. I mean, that's good. And I think that's a great way to do it. And honestly, women can step up and do some of that too. And they do when they see something creeptastic happening, you know, cause a lot of times in those situations, it's just if they can single you out, but if there's a couple of women or you're in a group, it's, it's less likely to happen. Safety in numbers. I don't think we came into any resolution, but it's just something that I guess should be brought to light because you might've seen something with your friend that, not you specifically, I'm just you, the listener, sorry, not you, Bonita, but you as a listener might've seen a friend act a fool in public. And yeah, in the twenties, it might've been funny or sorry, in your twenties, not in the 1920s or 2020, but in your twenties, you might've thought it was funny 
that a male is, you know, pulling on a girl's hair or doing whatever childish that may seem inoffensive, but is still violating her space, depending on what city or state you're in, could bring you trouble five or 10 years down the line whenever you try to run for office. So don't act like a fool. Don't be a dumbass. So yeah, I don't think I have a resolution other than just me being devil's advocate and giving some scenarios of stuff that I've done. Uh, Bonita has given some ideas or examples of things that you could do. We don't know if it'll work. We don't know what it will take, but it'll definitely take more than one guy, more than one time being told, hey, don't be a dick. Don't do this. Bonita, thoughts? For sure. The last thing I would just say is when you hear a woman who is complaining about men, check yourself when, you th- when you're about to say not all men and get curious and, and see what more there is out there. You might not be able to solve that problem, but I think it's really about the relationship you have with the person in front of you and how can you uh, let them know that you're a safe person for them. Good point. Thank you for that, Bonita. Listeners, I thank you for being here. I appreciate you for listening to this tirade that probably didn't make much sense. In the show notes, you'll get to see the link to the article that we're referring to and you'll probably have to sign up to be a member. But if you are a social, you probably already have a login there anyway. So thanks for being here. I love you. You're worthy of it. Until next time, besos.